Will you outlast your money? Do you stay awake at night worrying about providing for your family? Are you making the right decisions about your investments? There are many life-changing decisions that arise and questions you want answered when going through divorce or after you've received your settlement. This is the Financially Ever After podcast, where you'll hear stories of women like you and get advice from the industry's top professionals. Here's your award-winning and nationally recognized host, Stacey Francis. Welcome to Financially Ever After. Today, we're going to be talking with Paige Zandry, and she is a founding partner at her firm, Artesi Zandry, and she's the firm's lead mediator. She has significant expertise working with hundreds of couples, helping them untangle their life to create an amicable separation as much as possible. She comes to us with an interesting background, and that is from the area of tax consulting, working with high net worth individuals. Now, this is something, as you know, that's close to my heart, because while divorce is definitely about custody and and many other things, one of the biggest pieces are the finances. And taxes play a big role in making sure that the pot that you have doesn't unnecessarily get reduced by Uncle Sam. Paige is going to be talking to us about something that you probably have had experience with, maybe even today before you turned on this podcast, and that is social media. See, the rules of engagement with social media are different for you. They're different for you if you're thinking about going through a divorce, if you're actually in the divorce process. And unfortunately, I hate to tell you, even after the divorce, you have to be careful. Paige has great advice to always think of a judge sitting on your shoulder, watching your behavior to make sure that wherever you are, whatever you're doing, you're on your best behavior so that whatever picture, video might be uploaded of you with or without your consent, that it's not going to negatively hurt you. Because social media, Facebook posts, Instagram can impact alimony, child support, child custody, and can be used as evidence. And that means that you also can use that to help uncover hidden assets, frivolous spending, affairs, or dangerous behavior during COVID, maybe not wearing a mask, not social distancing, and then your ex coming to pick up the kids the next day. The world is a little different today than it was 20 years ago. And while social media has definitely helped us in so many ways of staying connected more than ever, make sure you listen to the end to know the rules of the road today to make sure that you don't end up in court or something you posted on social media that will cost you thousands, maybe even tens of thousands of having to defend. So without further ado, I'd love to introduce Paige Zandry. So today we have Paige and it's great to have you here. You know, how did you get into this field, matrimonial law, divorce? I mean, there's not too many little girls. I know I didn't think about, I want to grow up to be a divorce financial planner when I was a little girl. Is this something you knew when you were little or were you kind of like me? Certainly not. Yeah, certainly (laughs) not. And in fact, even in law school, I always had an interest And I always took family law related courses, but I also had this sort of dual interest. And the other interest was a polar opposite. I studied tax law and 
pursued a career in tax law for a short period after graduating. I was very involved in that line of work as an intern all throughout law school, and I graduated in 09, which was just after the financial collapse, and I was very fortunate to sort of easily glide into a job and transition into a job when I graduated. So I ended up doing that for a bit, but it was not very long after that my calling toward family law started, you know, ringing pretty loudly. And really the reason for that, which has become more and more obvious the more I continue to do it, is that the intimacy that you share with your clients is really unlike any other profession that I had been involved in. And I really wanted to use my law degree to the fullest extent that I could to work with clients in that capacity. So I started practicing and it's been very, very intense. It's been a roller coaster of experiences working with clients through these very traumatic life yeah. stages. But I really couldn't be more grateful to be in the position that I'm in to help them through those stages. Because often mm-hmm. you just need, you know, you need a tribe, you need a coach, you need these are things that we all need in our lives at every stage for all the important things. And this is no different. So mm-hmm. it's been really great work and very interesting lately as we're all faced with these global challenges that everyone, yeah. everyone's dealing with at once. I so agree with you. And I feel like the challenges are now more than ever. And, you know, so today we were going to be talking about what happens when you have kids and you divorce. And boy, that's a big, big topic. But I wanted to find out a little bit more also about how social media plays in this. And, you know, I know for me, I use social media very sporadically. Like I did a hike with our dog and she wrapped herself in a blanket after and it was a picture of her that she had wrapped herself in a blanket and was sleeping. And I was like, if you could only imagine how bad she feels, how bad I feel. Like pretty innocent stuff, right? But there are times where people are posting things on social media, not thinking Mm -hmm. in a million years. And we've seen that whether they're celebrities or whatever, things that bite you in the butt. And it's hard, especially now in the time of COVID, where at least for me, I'm using social media and Facebook more than I really ever have. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's part of my way of feeling connected. Of you know, it's like we're having to keep our distance, but you don't want to feel isolated. It's very good for that. I mean, it has yeah. a lot of positive benefits. But, you know, a couple of things that are concerns at any moment in time with social media, and it all revolves around privacy, right? So these days you've got geo-tracking, location tracking, you've got time stamping, and those things are not really not new. And something else that's really not new is that you have to be careful not only about what you post on social media, but also what other people are posting. So you don't know who's taking photos, you don't know who's recording videos, you don't, you really need to be your best self all the time. And especially in divorce, what we tell our clients is, you know, you have to pretend that you have a judge on your shoulder, sorry, but every minute. And that's how it is. And people may not realize that when you are in divorce, that is a court proceeding, there is a judge assigned to your case. And everything counts. So you have to be really careful about those things all the time, right? And then now we have no reliance on social media as a way to connect (laughs) in the app. Yeah. So 
let's say I see my spouse, we're going through the divorce process, and I see a picture posted of him on social media, you know, at a, a larger gathering, and I know that he's picking up the kids right. in two days. Can that be used to bring forward as a concern of you weren't wearing a mask, you weren't socially distancing? Mm-hmm. I'm nervous that, you know, are our kids going to be okay? Can that be used as evidence? Yeah, it can. Um, it can be used as evidence. It is certainly uh, new territory yeah. for everyone. But, you know, you have to follow the guidelines and the executive orders mm-hmm. of the people who are in charge of your community. And yeah. in our community, you know, we know that you are supposed to be wearing a mask. You are out in public and you cannot social distance. And if a parent has reason to believe that you are not putting your best, your child's best interest before your own, that can certainly be used as evidence against you if your co-parent were to try and make an argument that you're not fit for the custodial arrangement that you have. We are seeing that. That's a very real thing. It doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon. So yeah. in the beginning, when we were first dealing with this issue, you know, whether or not that's something that we would run in court to complain about, there was a little bit of wait and see, you know, because yeah. we really weren't sure, you know, what are the risks here? What rises to the level of emergency? What rises to the level of complete disregard for the guidance that we're given, the rules that we're supposed to be following. So all of those things can be framed in a way, especially if they're cumulative in nature, if there are other offenses that need to be brought to the court's attention, that yeah. stuff will start to weigh. It will start mm-hmm. to weigh. So it's interesting because we, you know, we're talking a little bit about, you know, essentially not following the rules and having concerns about safety, particularly of children. But social media can tell you a lot about someone as far as what they're really up to. And I will tell you, Paige, I think in a former life, I must have been like a Sherlock Holmes. I probably was not as talented as that, but I love to bust people. And my poor brother, because I was always a little sister that tattled. But I love being able to catch someone who is trying to do something naughty and keep them from being able to do it. Gives me such, such pleasure. You can only imagine what it's like. Dynamic with with social media in particular. (laughs) Okay. All right. Well, thank you. Um, Glad I'm not the only one, my poor (laughs) husband, but he knew he was married. But for example, we have a case we're working on. He's claiming poverty. I can't, can't afford to pay for the kids. I can't afford with everything that's going on in COVID. And he posted a picture of him with his fishing buddies on this gigantic yacht. You know, Lord knows how much it was to rent this thing out and all of that. Can things like that be used as well of, you know, you're claiming poverty, but you just took a trip to Greece with your girlfriend and here are pictures. Like what's going on with that? That certainly does paint a picture, right? And everything, the issue, right, with social media, other than privacy, is that things can be taken out of context. And using your example, like really bad for that guy and sort of good for his wife or the person who's divorcing him. 
So it does paint that picture and is sort of a presumption then that that person will have to overcome. So the answer is yes, it can be used, but also context can be given. So, oh, my buddies paid for the trip. It was a gift, whatever the case is. So there's that opportunity for clarification. But, you know, that starts to cost money. And those are interesting things that clients will often do as a mistake. Why do I have to defend what I'm doing? I'm not doing anything wrong. My friends help, you know. Yeah, yeah. And now I have $5,000 in legal fees because I have to respond to a motion that was brought against me. And this is used as evidence as an exhibit in the motion. Well, you know, again, you're in front of a judge. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you, you bring a really good point of, you know, always being on your best behavior, thinking that there's a judge on your shoulder overlooking you. I actually have one. I call her bitchy Betty, but she's just a judgmental figure in my mind that I've been trying to knock off since I've been a teenager. It hasn't happened. But not only that, I mean, the financial cost, right? Especially if you have a litigious situation and it's kind of like, like, just try not to rock the boat. Just try not to. We had a client call us really upset and hysterical. They're in the process of mediation had agreed on, quote unquote, an agreement with very generous child support, very generous spousal support that was going to work. And both parties were happy. And picture got out with her and the new boyfriend. And, you know, the soon to be ex got very angry and recanted everything. Mm. So it's, you know, it's just kind of the... Just wait. And I can understand how frustrating it is because also now, not only are we literally having to put our lives on pause with everything that's going on, the process of divorce is a little bit delayed now and potentially taking a little longer. And I can understand it feels really hard to not be able to live your best life yet. Or if you do, just don't put it on social media and be very careful about how you do that. That's right. You know, there was a time where I think most of the people who are facing these issues will remember where we didn't have social media. We were able to enjoy ourselves. We don't have to just disable your accounts and the partner that you might be with that you're, you know, trying to create a new life with, it should be okay to ask that person to do the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's worth it. Yeah. So my kids are starting to understand social media. And so my son, who's 14, he does WhatsApp. So it's not like that big of a deal, but, you know, Instagram and Snapchat and Twitter and all these other things, our kids are often on them. And that I feel like brings a whole nother realm of maybe your kids are posting things that you don't see. And so what are your thoughts with that? Should you make sure you've friended your children, that you're seeing what their posts are, you know, not only from a safety perspective, but, you know, because, gosh, what are they posting, you know, that could be used against you? You know, look, I think that whether you're in the throes of a divorce or post-divorce or not, you know, for your own children's safety, you should be sharing passwords on their accounts. And then when you're in the throes of a divorce, First, hopefully the parents will be aligned on whatever their family policy is on social media. And I would say, you know, lean toward the more conservative policy if there's a disagreement. That is 100% personal advice. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) Unsolicited, and I could totally be wrong. 
but I do talk to a lot of parents who have different experiences, different policies and different results. And from the sort of gathering of data that I'm able to do, I find that the best policies are usually the more conservative ones. But then of course, you have to be careful. You know, we have cases with clients who have different policies with respect to how they're observing the social distancing guidelines and their children are posting photos while they're in the custody of the other parent. And they can see that, you know, that parent is not enforcing the rules, you know, and that's just an extension of the parent. And it brings up the same issues that we were just discussing a few moments ago about whether or not the parent is putting the child's best interests in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. And things are time stamped, you know, there's just so many ways that you can get in trouble. I I just, just so many, it's so many ways. And you have to assume that you, that you are always being recorded. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because I think about that whenever I do a call with the press and I mean, most of the people I work with are just phenomenal, but there was that one time it was probably 17 years ago. And he's like, off the record, how do you feel about millennials and their money management? And oh my word. (laughs) Needless to say, I learned very quickly that even if it's off the record, it's not off the record. And I feel like this right here, you know, if you're going through a divorce, you're just on the best of behavior that you could possibly be. And, you know, I do feel like there's you can still use social media to connect with people. You don't have to post everything. So much of it, I know for me, the thing I love is just seeing what the people I care about are up to and able to, you know, touch base with them and, you know, share condolences if there's a sad thing or rejoice in their happiness. And that it doesn't have to be you always putting your story out there, but more of connecting with others. Too. Yeah, there is, a, there is a different level of engagement for everyone. I will give you an example. We had written about this recently in a blog post because the Massachusetts Supreme Court, so in New York, the Supreme Court is the, the court of first instance, the courts that you will go to first when you first file a petition or a claim or an order to show cause or summons. In Massachusetts, the Supreme Court is the highest court. Anyhow, the Supreme Court, the highest court of Massachusetts had ruled that it was an infringement on a father's freedom of speech, his constitutional right to free speech, to prohibit him from being able to post anything disparaging about his wife on social media. So what happens typically in a case is that if children are involved and custody is an issue, then the judge will often order, without the clients even having to ask for it, non-disparagement orders. So that's like to each parent... You are not to talk poorly about each other in front of the child. You are not to talk about the case in front of the child. You are not to disparage each other in front of someone else where it could get back to the child. So this includes social media. And in this case, the father had actually created a GoFundMe account to take donations to help him defend the divorce case in court and was alleging that the mom was a monster in the description of the fundraiser. (laughs) And obviously this is all public, right? And so yeah, anyway, yeah. this was not all he had done. I, he had also posted disparaging remarks on social media accounts, his Facebook accounts, and so on and so forth. And the Supreme Court ruled that he was allowed to do this. Now, 
it's our opinion that that would never happen in New York because the courts take it very, very seriously. Disparaging another parent online or anywhere is a form of alienation. Right away, an attorney will be appointed for the children. A forensic could get involved. And a forensic is basically a psychiatrist who's going to evaluate your fitness as a parent to have custody of your child. And so, I mean, like this stuff can escalate there. Obviously Mm -hmm. what that gentleman did was beyond. I mean, we don't see that. Yeah. There's a good reason why she's getting a divorce. I'm just saying that. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Further explanation. Yeah. Yeah. But in New York that would never fly and parties can do things that are pale in comparison to that. And Mm -hmm. that ends up costing tens of thousands of dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I can just hear ka-ching, ka-ching in the back of my mind. So we've talked a little bit about social media and custody and safety of the children with regards to COVID or just, you know, general situations that can be brought up to the court. You know, and we've talked about also that social media could potentially be evidence towards living a different lifestyle, even having additional assets that maybe they're not disclosing. But of course, you know, they're able to rebut that. Something that we haven't talked about is, and so many of our clients will come to us and they'll have evidence of him cheating. Mm -hmm. And there are times when, unfortunately, there's that myth that the judge is going to see that and I'm going to be awarded more than that, we'll just say half or whatever that there's going to be some type of retribution, you know, through financial means when it comes to the actual getting in front of the judge. And, you know, I'd love to hear your point of view on that. And kind of like the, I got him, you know, and here's the proof and we can go all the way to the judge with this. But tell me about this page. You know, have you really hit in the jackpot with that? Or is that not really making a difference? It's unfortunately not going to make a difference unless it rises to the level of marital waste, meaning from a financial perspective, your spouse has run through your college savings account for your kids or retirement assets, or really has, you know, meaningfully dissipated one of your financial assets in order to finance whatever it is that he's doing outside of the marriage. So you need that. The photos alone aren't going to do it. Yeah. Not going to do it. Yeah. You don't need faults. You don't need fault grounds in New York State to get a divorce. So if you did, if you couldn't get a no-fault divorce, you might need that evidence to even get awarded the divorce. But that is separate and independent Mm -hmm. from the financial institutions. We've had numerous cases where we've worked with the client and we've poured over all of the credit card statements. And this sounds very unsophisticated, but had a pink marker. No, no, that's how it's done. (laughs) We do pink. I feel better with pink than yellow. (laughs) Yellow just feels a little too aggressive. We do pink. And we highlight every single charge that wasn't hers and she knows was the girlfriend or the trip with the girlfriend and not only on the personal cards, but don't forget the business cards, right? Because if there's a business, it's even easier to do that. And 
the positive is, is that unfortunately the amount of money you can discover is significant, but the negative is, is that it's extremely painful. Yeah. It's extremely painful process. It's like, here's an open wound and I'm just going to pour some more salt right in it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it's definitely something I agree that you should look into, you know, but if it's like $2,000, maybe three, it, no. it might not be worth it, but you know, bless, it could be, it could be a lot more too. Yeah. And you know, I don't want to get too sort of woo on you, but you really have to sort of ask yourself, why are you looking, you know, yeah. is it because you are going to have a hard time supporting yourself financially and like this has really gotten out of control and you have to know what the numbers are or you know is this emotional because it is emotional it's yeah painful and as human beings we have a tendency to sort of well in there and want to know you know it's hard to not but you have to ask yourself why are you going down this path does that pain outweigh the benefit of it. Yeah. Any other kind of missteps you've seen with social media or the other one I've, thank goodness, I've never done this, but social media and drinking, <laughs> you know, is, is another big no-no that I have seen. In fact, what I try, if I'm having a glass of wine or two, you know, I'm okay to post on social media after the first one, But after the second, sometimes I think I'm so brilliant and it's so funny (laughs) and it's so not funny. It's kind of like when I go on Zappos and add shoes to my cart, I always give myself a 24-hour cooling off period. And I feel like when you mix wine and social media, you have to do the same thing too because... There's a lot of the next day. Exactly. Have you seen any (laughs) other missteps of, you know, things that you shouldn't be doing during divorce or you know, things just to be a little bit careful of as well? No, I'm going to actually switch gears a little bit because I had a situation like this arise recently and it has to do with LinkedIn. So you may have a situation where one party is not working during the divorce and needs to be working, right? And is trying to find a job, but also needs support until they can't. So you have that scenario. And then in this sort of parallel world that the person is living in, they're actually looking for a job. And on LinkedIn where, you know, when you're looking for a job, you really are supposed to sort of elevate your activities, your involvement in things. You might go so far as to keep your employment status as active at your previous employer and not really update it. I'm not going to have an opinion about the merits of that, but, but that's what happens. And you may find yourself explaining yourself out of that image that you are portraying if, in fact, you need a significant amount of support from your spouse and if that's in debate. That's a real Yeah, That is really interesting, Paige, and I would have never thought about that. But you're right. You're right. All the things that you should be doing to robust skills and all of that if you're asking for a significant amount of support, I could see that ex-spouse coming back. You know, if you're still going through the divorce process saying, you're going to be able to earn X. I don't know why I have to give you Y. Interesting. Interesting. I mean, again, like context, right? So you will yeah. provide the context around it and make the argument that everyone benefits if you are positioning yourself as positively as possible. But yeah. that all gets done through lawyers. Yeah. 
it's tough. And it's so interesting because LinkedIn is social media, but somehow I just think of it differently. You know, especially if you are seeking a job and we know we have the highest unemployment rate we've had since, you know, the Great Depression. So, so many families are, you know, living and breathing this situation right now. And this is a little off topic, but what does happen if your soon-to-be ex-spouse or let's say your agreement has already been signed and they're furloughed or they're laid off and they can't pay what the agreement had said? What do you do? Hopefully you'll be able to talk about it and work out a temporary arrangement. Mm-hmm. That's ideal, yeah. right? Yeah. Everyone has to be flexible and understanding. Everyone's backs are up against the wall. Yeah. And hopefully that can be done. But if that can't be done and a modification has to be sought, the courts are now accepting new petitions. It is taking extraordinarily long to get in front of a judge, much, much longer than it would if we were, in, you know, if we were not going through this pandemic. Yeah. So here's the thing, right? If you can't reach an agreement privately, the process to get judicial relief you're looking at months, you know, months minimum. Yeah. So at that point, you're going to have to figure something out privately anyway, because yeah. there's no use reaching loggerheads when, mm-hmm. when we're all, you know, we're all strapped. <laughs> yeah. And it's interesting when you are living through this and there's so much stress, but this is a time when you really need to come together and communicate and make it through. And you know, it's interesting. We've had on the upside cases where it's very contentious, but because of what's happening with COVID, he has said, okay, I'm renting a home for you out in the Hamptons, one street away from our normal home where he is staying so that you can be out here with the kids and then we can swap back and forth and, you know, say, I'm going to do this for the whole summer. And, you know, this was a case where they were fighting over a difference of like $2,000 a month in support when, you know, that dollars are astronomical. And he was saying, no, of course, we've seen the other side, the not so great, but I'm so the, the couples that I've seen do the best are the ones that have been able to kind of talk through this and a shocking number who have kind of swooped in to try and help. And particularly if the kids are in New York City or they're in a place where they can't go and really go outside very easily. Yeah. You know, we're seeing a lot more of that. And it's it's wonderful. And what is it, Mary Kate Olson, not that this is a great end to her story, but her husband, they're out in the their Hamptons home and her husband ended up inviting his ex-wife and kids to come live with them during oh, this time. The divorce, or is this after they filed? So this happened, and then she ended up filing for divorce. So it was his <laughs> his mother, his <laughs> ex-wife, and you know his children, her stepchildren. And again, this is a guy. I'm sure that I don't know all the details of it, but. You know, people are doing some really interesting things. Now, in his case, ended up really pushing his current wife <laughs> to her breaking limit. And so she filed for a divorce. But wow, yeah, I've, we've seen a lot of, like in normal times, people wouldn't be helping each other as much as they are. 
and, you know, willing to try and just pick up. And I think part of it too is, to be honest, having your kids close during this time and actually being able to see them is paramount. It's really important. I just get very warm hearted when you see examples or you hear stories of people who are really just reconnecting during this period. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. I would just suggest, you know, to anyone listening that if you're having a hard time with that, then, you know, solicit the help of a third party. It doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be an attorney. It doesn't have to be a professional. It could be a friend or a family member, but certainly there are many, many professionals yeah. who are trained, you know, as, you know, mediators are great examples. who are trained to just be able to bridge the Work gap. That. Yeah. And really in a, a great experience, you will walk away with some tools to learn how to communicate together without having to yeah. that intermediary. Parenting coordinators are another great example. You know, if your issues are usually revolving around the children, now's a great time to just try out yeah. a way to help. Yeah, with those things. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I agree. So I know we're coming through the end of our time. Is there anything else you want to add? And then, of course, I want to make sure that you share your website, your email, so all of our listeners can reach out to you. Oh, Is there anything else that's important that kind of has been top of mind for you as we go uh, through this crazy, crazy time? We covered a lot of the most important points. You know, I think everyone should just be reminded to be their best selves. Yeah. Practice patience and tolerance. Ask yeah. for help. You know, you guys do an excellent job providing tremendous resources to your clients. And I, I subscribe to all of your email newsletters and any resource that you provide, including the yoga classes and, the, <laughs> and all of the things that are making life a little more tolerable. And it's, yeah. it's, you know, it's those small steps that we take in self-care. And, yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. I mean, I'll, I'll be real honest that, you know, I know that I was dealing with a little bit of emotional burnout and I'm not going through a divorce. So I can't even imagine, right, how women are coping with all of that because, you know, we tend to be caretakers and especially if there's children, you know, making sure they're okay and the remote learning and the cooking and the cleaning and the, gosh, I mean, just just everything. And taking time for us, it just doesn't happen. And I know for me, I ended up getting really, really sick. And it was not COVID. Although when I took the test, I kind of wished that it had been. It was the first test I kind of really wanted to fail <laughs> to like be done. But, you know, yeah, I agree because we as women, I know for me, I'm not so good at asking for help and it can get hard and emotional overwhelm and just it's real and it's understandable. And everybody is kind of dealing with their own challenges. You may think some have it easier than others, but you know, to be honest, we never really know what people are really dealing with. So that is so, so right. It's so, so right. And the only thing I will say is there just can't be more truth to, you know, to your point about women naturally just being sort of nurturers and givers, and we tend to take care of everyone else's needs before our own. That is just not sustainable. You just can't do that well. If you're yeah. not care of yourself and yeah. you owe it to the people that you're trying to take care of yeah, to do good for yourself because no yeah. one's going to do that. Yeah. Place, you know, so eat, yeah. sleep and breathe, right? Those three things. <laughs> exactly. Okay? Sleep. You need to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and breathing is so 
They're, yeah. Yeah. Exercise. Just remind yourself to breathe. So. Yeah. <laughs> well, hon, can you share how our listeners financially ever after can get a hold of you? If you want to share your website, your email, and then what we'll do two pages, we'll put everything in the show notes. That way everybody can add those and we'll have special show notes for everybody to review and make sure that you get all the great tools that we shared today. So our website is www.artezzandry.com, A-R-T-E-S-E-Z-A-N-D-R-I.com. And I can be reached by email. I prefer email. Anyone can reach out to me directly. I will always get back to you. And my email is page, P-A-I-G-E at artezzandry.com. We have a company profile on LinkedIn. You can find us on Instagram at RTZ Zandry and we have a YouTube channel, but I think you'd have to go to our blog to get there. So those are the places you can find us and I welcome any follow-up questions or comments. That's it's great. been a pleasure talking. Thank you so much for being here. And I do want to encourage everybody who is listening today. They have great resources on their website with the blog and also really, really neat coffee hour where they bring in professionals and just kind of chat about topics that are related to going through the divorce process in the best way. And I love that because there's not many people doing that. And I I really appreciate the work that you guys are doing. So uh, thank you for being here, Paige. This is definitely the highlight of my day. And it was great to spend a good half hour with you. And thank you to all of our listeners of Financially Ever After. I'm really grateful for Paige Zandry to be here today to share this information. I love social media, but I'm definitely not an expert. And today for me was definitely an eye-opening experience about the implications of using it the wrong way. And it's not that we need to unfriend all of our Facebook friends or, you know, call all of our contacts through LinkedIn or Instagram. You know, that's not what's being said here today because in the time of COVID when it's one of the most powerful ways to stay in contact and create connection with people, you don't want to lose that. But being smart about how you use it as a tool and making sure that you are always on your best behavior and not using it to disparage your ex-spouse in any way. Social media is one piece of divorce And finances are a big piece of that too when you go through the process. And if you have questions, we want to be a resource for you. Every woman deserves financial peace of mind. And we are here to help you recover and rebound from your divorce so that you have financial security for the rest of your life and that for your family. So reach out to us. We want to be a resource to be a helping hand and make this process easier and allow you to take a deep breath to know that you're going to be okay. That's what we promise we will do everything to do to make sure you're okay. Thank you for listening to Financially Ever After. It was great to have you here and we'll see you in two weeks.